Burner Phone is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. <coughs> I'm just choking. I'm like, I was about to have a witty comment. I'm like, I'm like I never... <coughs> I'm dying. Welcome to Burning Anyway, what's up, guys? Welcome to Burning in Hell. I'm your host, Hannah Burner, and we're with Paulie Calafiore. Did I say it right? You said it right. And I said even it like added the Italian accent. I, you know, I almost wanted to come in with the Italian accent, <laughs> but you nailed it. We can talk in the Italian we accent. We can talk the in the Italian accent all you want. It's we, all right. So, this dude, Paulie. Is was on Big Brother season eighteen, the challenge season thirty-two. He's been having sex with a lot of different reality TV stars, <laughs> and now he's trying to have sex with me. But we'll see what happens. Um, welcome. <laughs> Can I just say I love how you were so serious for the intro, where you're like, "Welcome to Burning in Hell," and then it transitions to he's having sex with a lot of girls. We're probably gonna have sex after this. Rekindle some old flames. And uh, and that's it. I'm glad we're on that level. Okay, let's discuss how we meet. How like how did we meet? <laughs> how we meeted? <laughs> we're drunk. So it was a birthday party. Okay, my boy Corey invited me to meet you. It pro- progressed, you know, and then it was like, let's make out. And I was like, let's see how this night goes. It wasn't a no. Like it wasn't a no. But you were just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like what? Cause I'm not hot enough. And I was like, no, I was like, I actually think you're attractive. Like tennis player, love the booty, great body. Like it's all looking great. But like, you know, I, like I wanted to be the one being like, yo, let's make out. But you took that from me. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, wait, hold on. Let's see. And then it just completely see, backfired. We I never had sex. And I feel like I must have been fucking with you. You were totally fucking with okay, me. Okay. Cause I would never like get mad at a dude for not making out with me. You were like real mad. I probably was. I was like actually mad. No, no, no. You like oh, walked away and then you came back I and joked. you're like, I'm, I'm fucking with you. And I was yeah. like, okay, good. Cause I like, like I wouldn't actually kiss the guy under six too. You know that. No, I know you, you've <laughs> made that. You've made that very clear. It shot down my hopes and dreams. I think you said that that night. My response was, look, I'm not 6'2", but if you're on your back or all fours, there's only one size that matters, Hannah. And I I got you. I think I vaguely remember you saying that to me and thinking like, wow, he is a ginormous dick. Um, (laughs) What's funny too, that night was wild. Like people were crying. People were laughing. It's so funny that you, I feel like there's a lot of guys out there that think I want to fuck them because my way of flirting is like being very outward and then, but not like being serious with stuff. Right. Like I'm more, some girls I think will low key, like really want to fuck you and be like kind of, you know, shy about it. Mm-hmm. We're like, I'm not like fuck on the first day I meet a guy kind of girl, yeah. but I like to pretend I am. Right. And then I get it's, scared. It's like I would, if you actually were like, it's yeah, dangerous. let's go in the bathroom. I'd be like, oh my God, stop. <laughs> I'd be like, no. See, I get it. You know, I feel like I give off the I'll fuck you on the first night. Yeah. So then I want to have fun with you. And then when you actually like, yeah, you know, my dick's big. I'd be like, (laughs) but I don't want it right now. Can you imagine if that's actually what I would say? Be like, yeah, you know, my dick's big. Like if that ever worked, I think I'd get afraid if I was like, yeah, you know, my dick's big. And they're just like, let's go. I'd be like, well, what the fuck have you been seeing? Have you and your brother ever had a threesome together? Uh, Yeah, you have. No, we haven't. So... (laughs) The reason why it didn't happen was because I was in college. He was a senior in high school. He was at one of my college parties. Mm-hmm. It would have been essentially a foursome. The girls were down. Um, I told him, like, hey, like a fight broke out. Classic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, dude, I'm like, these ones are down. Just take them back. It's right down the street. Keep them entertained for, like, 20 minutes. I'll be back. Get there. He's just sitting there by himself. I'm like, what happened? He goes, well, next thing I know, like, I think you've met G, my Brazilian friend. 
Maybe. Right? So he goes, well, G was here hanging out. And, uh, you know, he just said, like, he was going to take them, uh, you know, to a bar real quick. I'm like, ah, dude. I was like, you never let two girls leave with a Brazilian. <laughs> Ever. Like, ever. I'm like, I'm if like, his now, name has like an R roll in it, you're fucked. Well, it's his real name Alejandro. is, his real name is Guilherme. Yeah. He, so, he, they are dumb. Yeah. I just like, the way he probably goes down on women is probably just, you know, actually, I've, I've been part of like many um, threesomes and foursomes with G. Uh-huh. He doesn't go down on women. I, on the other hand, love. What do you mean he doesn't go down. down on women? It's, you know, he's more of like a, you know, Jackhammer. No, not like no, not a jackhammer. No, he's more like, uh, "Hey, we're home, bend over," type okay. deal, you know. Okay. But then it's it's very sensual. The girls have liked it. You do, know, when he's... do you guys have good um, threesome chemistry, you and G? Great threesome chemistry. Do you ever like w- touch dicks? Uh, no, we've never done the um, sword fighting, the double, uh, you know, double penetration on the lower half. Okay, where. I mean, it's inevitable that you're essentially touching dicks and slapping balls together. But I guess that's the least gay way of touching dicks. <laughs> I mean, look, you can say I'm probably one of the most comfortable in my sexuality people. You are. So it's like, even if it did happen, I'd just kind of be like, I know you're comfortable like, right. with your sexuality because you have a nose ring. Exactly. <laughs> e- exactly. Like, you're a fucking freak. Also, you have rings on. Uh, you know, I, I are do. you a, are you like dominant in the bedroom? Like, do you like? Yeah, you are. Are, are we? Is it? We're taking this. Yeah. We're taking this this direction. Yeah. Um, I started and I was like, I want to know about your hopes and dreams and fears <laughs> and like you growing up as an athlete. And I'm yeah, like, do you fuck aggressively? Like, pa- Polly, let's talk about your demons and like all the things that What's happened to fetish? you throughout your life. Uh, I mean, I've been very vocal about this. I get criticized a lot. I mean, I'm huge into like the S and M edge play. You know erotica but you're like, the dominator i'm the yeah i'm the dom essentially because the last guy i was kind of messing with wore rings and mm-hmm. he was v- like very dumb well here's the thing i tried to I'm, stereotype people i'm, I'm a Scorp- girls if he's wearing your scorpio i'm a scorpio so like yeah, you got that scorpio even though energy. but even though i'm dom like if like i'm like if my partner that mm-hmm. i'm with is like yo can you be like sensual? Can you do this? Can you do that? Like, can I get on top? Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, no, yeah. you're a sub. Get on your knees. I'm going to yeah. be like, you know, like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Whichever sexual night you want, I'm going to do like, it. I'll you be gentle when you're on your knees. Yeah. Like I've had some weird shit like asked of me because like <laughs> if someone comes in, they're like, oh, like you're a dom. It's like, hey, can you re-enter the house? But I'm just going to be cleaning my dishes and pretend like you're a burglar and like this is just happening. I'm just like. Weird flex, but all right. We're just kind of like... <laughs> You're like, can I actually take your wallet, though? Um, <laughs> that's what I think of. I, but, <laughs> like, I feel, you you, got- but you're known in the media as like, yeah, like I never watched Big Brother. I was a fan of the challenge. I haven't been keeping up with it. You're just always top of mind because you're always in some news with some girl. You're always in trouble in some way. Some Polly's cheating. Polly's breaking this person up. Polly's breaking someone's heart. How is that happening? Or, or I just randomly show up to like a city and people are like, he must be having sex with this person. And then boom, it's out there. Why do you think people care so much to take you down? You know, I don't know. I mean, I know you're, you're having that freaky sex. No, nah. they're jealous of your nose ring. <laughs> I mean, I definitely do it to myself <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's one of those things where I kind of, I know like what's gonna what's gonna be said about me it's like Mm -hmm. I'm being my authentic self Mm -hmm. but if people are gonna like rip me apart for like mistakes and everything like rather than just kind of like let me live my life like I'm just gonna sit there and I'm just gonna roll with it so you I know that you got involved in Bachelor Nation which is a kind of different monster than let's say Big Brother which is also a monster but you were dating Danielle Malby Malby yeah and she was on The Bachelor how'd you guys meet so we had met um through mutual friends Mm -hmm. they kind of set it up uh and then planned planned trip to see her down in uh Nashville we saw each other hit it off like right away and then uh the rest is uh history Wow. Yeah, it is history. I remember E! News popping off and saying that you guys are dating. And I was like, wow, different reality TV worlds colliding. What was it like being kind of in that Bachelor Nation? 
um, situation? It was interesting. I mean, right away, like there was a lot of critique, you know, as you can imagine. I mean, regardless of what like my dating history has been, I mean, ever since I've been on TV, it's it's always kind of been like the oh, he, uh, he's just this, he's mm-hmm. a cheater, he's this. So it's like, even, even if I'm in a relationship that just like ends mutually, it's just like, he probably fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting kind of seeing like the overwhelming amount of like love and support for it. And then obviously there's going to be like, you know, the Reddit trash that basically is going to put all the feelers out there so that if something goes wrong, they could be like, I told you so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everybody was pretty supportive. Like I met a lot of people in Bachelor Nation who I thought were cool, which kind of changed my perception of Bachelor Nation mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, do you think they were douchebags? Well, I mean, they are douchebags <laughs> for, for the most part. I mean, you know, let's be real. I've, I've met enough uh, Bachelorette girls to know that they are not the perfect little sweet angels um, that they put on for. And I know that the guys are not the heartbroken, uh, you know, all um, this, like, come on. Like, they're just playing up the I got my heartbroken car so they could sleep with a bunch of chicks and be douchebags. Like, I guess it's different than Big Brother because it's, like, all about love and, like, everyone has to be, like, good-looking and and they have their own story of their life that they put together to get um, some kind of um, empathy from America. Yeah, it's different because when people leave The Bachelor, Bachelorette, it's under the premise of heartbreak. Yeah. Right? So, like, you'd have to be a monster to not feel bad for somebody that yeah. got heartbroken. And also when they go in, either one of them's a mom. They, all of them have these great heartbreaking stories that make exactly. you feel so connected to them. Yeah. Um, but everyone's more nuanced than just that general story. And that's why I also wanted to bring you on today because I feel like you have such a more nuanced story than what the media makes you out to be. Um, you, you, you then, you, bra- you and Danielle broke up. She posted a lot of like really sad breakup shit online. Um, how did that make you feel? Um, you know, I, I felt awful i mean nobody wants to break somebody's heart i mean Mm -hmm. it it sucks like i mean look there's a bon jovi song where it's like two hearts never break even Mm -hmm. you know uh it's and um it it was sad because her and i were so close yeah and it wasn't just like as lovers it was it was also the sense of that we were also like very close friends at the time we had each other's backs and I was lost in like a whirlwind of of emotions like when everything had happened I mean I, I like I had no intentions of of fucking that up mm-hmm. and then um when I did I felt awful only because I knew like what she had gone through mm-hmm. in her past and that sucked to be like that person and you know how she held me on in such high regards and how everybody you know was starting to kind of be like oh like maybe he's he's not this person um you know and then it happens and then I was caught in the in-between of like what do I do do I do I mend this mistake what was your mistake Um, the mistake was you know cheating on her with uh Cara on my first season of the challenge which so you were with her while you were filming I was with her while I was filming I mean and it didn't even happen until like the very very end Um, you know, and it was, it was like 10 weeks of holding strong against, you know, a lot of temptation and it was, it was definitely, it definitely happened. And then I felt that connection with Kara as yeah. anybody feels like when you're away filming. it sounds filming, like you didn't just like fuck a girl that you thought was hot cheating on her. You right. You actually were creating connection with someone else. Right. Cause and you're in this house. It's such a yeah. weird reality TV situation. Like it's, what other job are you like, Hey, I have to leave for two months to be with a bunch of hot people and might connect with someone. Sorry. It's hard. And like the connection then like once you get out of the house, then you, that's when you test like, is it, well, is it real or is yeah. it TV? I heard a lot of stories from like MTV people that like they do a lot of things for storyline. So I was caught in that. Well, like, I mean, did Does she Cara just hook up really with me like for this? Because as soon as we got out, she was, flaunting the whole like I'm single I want to be free I'm going to do a dating show I'm going to do this I'm going to do that and I was like hey I'm cool with that like I've been in plenty of open relationships plenty of them can you explain why you like open relationships um I mean I I like open relationships because when you have somebody that you're connected with emotionally and you love that person and they love you um that's the connection that love ultimately is right Mm -hmm. the sex is just a physical Aspect Do you think of it. you're a sex addict? 
I could be a sex addict, but yeah, I, could be. <laughs> but the open relationship to me isn't just for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like an open, a true open so relationship. So you don't get jealous if she's like, "I got the best dick last night." No, because like you have to be confident enough in your dick and your but sex. But like, if game. your dick's that good, why would she want other dick? It's just part of the. It's part of the relationship. Like we're all humans. Like I'm in the. Do you sense feel like you? Like, but you've gone to a place where like you hook up with someone, then she's like, "Well, I guess I have to hook up with someone." No, it never gets to that place. So I, I have mean, a lot of questions. It, like about in this. my in my experience, it's never gotten to that place as long as it's like one hundred percent equal. The only time you get into that zone is like some you guys both want to do it. Well, like some guys will be selfish and just be like, "Well, I want to bring other girls in. Like, I want to have sex with other girls, but you can't do anything." Yeah, that's not cool. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you want to do this, like you both have the conversation. But you and Danielle were not open. We were not. Did, were you? We were not. So you'll talk to people. Were you down to have an open relationship with her? It it could it it, it could have been some, but ultimately you realize like that's not for everybody. Yeah, you know what I mean. And do you think like, ultimately you'll get married and have a close relationship? I would love to get married and have kids. That's ultimately what I want. Do that's you want how a close my family was though? raised. You know, I I would love to try it one hundred percent. But I know tons of families and tons of people who like as marriage goes on, like they, they end up going that route because yeah. it spices up the relationship. My thing you know is what I'm I mean? so like emotion based. Like I don't care to just have sex with random people. Right. So I don't have like tons of dudes right now that I'd want to have sex with. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wh- where are these girls you're finding to have sex with? Like, is it DMS? Is it at the gym? Like, where do you meet people to fuck? No, I mean, it's, it's not like that. I mean, it, I feel like everybody's, idea of an open relationship is just a free-for-all like yeah it's fuck like you're fest. fucking all the time that's not <laughs> it at all it like 90 percent of the time like or 97 percent of the time like it's you and your person mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just like it's one of those things where you mo- you both might be out and it's like yo that that chick's cute like are you are you into that but like for me like i'm never the one that's going to initiate that conversation you know what i mean so for like a threesome yeah, for like a threesome. It's and like it's never the situation where it's like, hey, look, I'm not gonna come home tonight because I'm going and doing this. Like, that's not what it mm. is. Like, you're always coming home to the person. You're not going and fucking around. You're not setting it up like that. Like, and but you have some to, nights you don't have threesomes and you might hook up with someone else. No, like that. I mean, everyone, every single one is different. You have to define it with your partner. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. have to, and which opens you up to communication. Like, what are they comfortable with? What are you comfortable with? Where do you guys draw the line? Um, so it has to be discussed. And by the way, like, you don't want to just go fuck anything that moves because the worst thing that happens is you bring an STD back into the relationship. Oh, yeah. Like, fuck that. Like, no, like, Anybody that you potentially might want, like as a hookup, like you gotta vet them, mm-hmm. like both of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because mm, it's part of like this thing you've created. Exactly, and that's how it goes. I mean, and I don't know how I got opened up to that. I think like when I moved to Manhattan, like I just ended up at a lot of like cr- weird sex parties <laughs> and like swingers parties and all this shit. And Manhattan will corrupt you. Yeah, Manhattan, like it opened my eyes to like a lot of things because I was always a sexual how do you just person. End up at a just, sex party though. Because I've lived here for 28 years and I've never been to sex party. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing in the world. I literally just talked about this yeah. the other day yeah. um, on on a different podcast. It's <laughs> like you like you meet somebody like mm-hmm. out, like whether you're at a club and, and stuff. It's it dep- I think it depends on the vibes that you give off. Like yeah. these people find you oh, and they'll kind of just be like, they hey, find you. like we got an after party here. Or they like, don't find the girl who's like, hey, here. do you want to fuck? Just kidding. I'm scared. And I run away. <laughs> They're like, she's going to be terrible at this sex party. She's just going to talk the whole time. You just show up and you're just like, Jesus, what the fuck? Is, why is Timmy yeah, tied to the it. fucking wall with darts in his ass? The, Timmy, get off the wall. The craziest thing I've done is go to the box a couple times. Have you been See, to that's the where it starts. The you box. start at the box. The box, the box is where my first approach. <laughs> it's my problem too. I always end up in the box. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I hope you appreciate puns. I did. I did. I do. I love a corny corny (laughs) pun. Yeah. So anyone doesn't know, the the box is like this highbrow burlesque bar that is really cool, but then they have some performances that happen, and there are a lot of really talented people. Um, You will see anything from like a transvestite um, peeing in someone's mouth to mm-hmm. like girls throwing their tampon at you yep. to what else to I've uh, <laughs> I've witnessed a guy uh, literally sit on a chair and take 
you know, shit out a baby and then continue to shit out shit. Um, I've <laughs> it's seen like a very classy yeah, establishment with it's gorgeous very, people in it's it. It's very classy, but it's a very unique artistic experience. It is. That's how people in New York will disguise it. Yeah, it's very like that burlesqueness about yeah. it. And the- I watched a woman staple a man's dick to a table. Oh, like, my it's God. like. <laughs> that makes you be like yeah i need a fuck right now <laughs> <laughs> let's go to a fucking sex party now <laughs> there's some there's some twisted fucking people in this world yeah. Hannah. i'm i'm one tell. of them i you think can't t- you are i could tell uh, by your yeah. nose ring i've got a lot <laughs> by all the rings happening do you have you ever fucked with a um a dick ring what is it called prince albert yeah no i never have because oh no what's just like a nor- like a sex toy ring Oh, like the like a cock ring. Oh, a cock ring. I, I mean, it's, ring. it's like a. I mean, the only time you use a cock ring. Yeah. Okay. What, I don't even know. There, there's a lot of different uses for it, but basically, what a good one does is it keeps the blood in somewhere oh. in order to keep it hard while something else is probably going on. Oh, and maybe so, it vibrates or something. No, there, there's the oh. vibrating ones. Those are like bullshit. They're sold in like Trojan. This condom is boxes. what gym class should have been. Like this is educating. This shit. is education. Like I don't even know how to put on a condom. Yeah. I leave that to him. <laughs> this is the shit I need to know. Why don't I need to know ex- how to put on I, a condom? Who? Yeah. Who wears <laughs> condoms now anyway? Like what the fuck is ladies wear a condom. <laughs> when Polly tries to go in, you wear a condom. Oh my god! I'm, we're in an office right now, and I just started yelling. We're wear screaming condoms. that, screaming. Wear condoms, everyone. So now back to the, back to the cock ring. Yeah. So like, usually a guy will wear it like if they're if, I knew you'd if have they're an undergoing pain, oh. right? Because sometimes it like unless you're you like mean like if you're putting something in your butt. No, oh. no. I mean, is that really pain? Hmm. Yep. Some some would argue no. Some would argue no. Right? I would argue don't go there mm. with me. But I have my limits. Really, you won't even let like a little lick. Not a finger, not a lick, no. Wow, you're kind of a prude. Yeah, I know. All the millennials are doing it. Out of it. everything. All the millennials are doing it. Out of it. everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're like, you'll staple your dick. But no, you, no, I'm just kidding. Well, hold on a you second. You didn't do that. You didn't do that. So yeah, usually it's like if a guy's getting like whipped or like fucking clawed and all this shit. Yeah. Um, it helps him stay hard. It helps him stay hard. So it's like it'll be like if the girl or or guy, whatever so how you're did, into, is like. So did Danielle ultimately? Sorry, I'm getting into this, but I think people can breakups are something they connect to. Danielle found out by watching or by hearing. No, 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 no. We, I, I. You told her. Yeah, the news broke like as soon as I got done filming. Like, told her what happened. Uh, she was. She Were was you crushed. able to talk to? Her I love how filming? we come. Oh back yeah, to I'm this. a I'm an um, artfully ADD. So you're only able to talk. Once a week, to who? To someone that anybody that you want to call. You get you have, one call. You have three people that you could call, but you only get one call a week. Wow, that's and it's scary. only ten minutes. Wow. See, summer house. We could yeah. we could text the whole fucking time. Yeah, we no. Well, Big Brother, you have nothing. So yeah. a ten this minute phone nice call. I'm like, this you. is awesome. Yeah. But they don't give you that phone call until MTV like jail. four weeks in. Right. So ten weeks season, four weeks was in. She was she nervous about this, Danielle? She wasn't. Like she honestly wasn't, uh, and I, I honestly wasn't worried about it either. I was like, no fucking way. Like, I, you know, and she not- knows it's a great opportunity for you. Well, it wasn't even about the opportunity. Like her and I had a lot of talks like about how I haven't been able to fill that void of competition mm. ever since I got injured playing soccer. So like I, my, my career was plagued with injury, you know what I mean? And I was at the highest of the high. We're talking youth national team mm-hmm. injury. Division one injury. Are these similar injuries or just random injuries? Random injuries. Like each one was different, which was crazy. And then do you feel like when you got injuries while competing, you were like losing control of your life? It wasn't um, a loss of control because it allowed me to stay more mentally focused Mm -hmm. um, because you got to work 10 times harder to get back and then do that. So I saw it as like a challenge to overcome the adversity and overcome the obstacles. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and that translates to a lot of things that I, that I do in life. Like I never look at things as a, as a setback. Mm -hmm. It's a learning experience. You move forward. Even when you make mistakes and you maybe don't say things the right way, you Mm -hmm. do things the wrong way. You have to take something from it and go. So she loved that it was an opportunity for me. Yeah. I don't think that like she, like we would have been okay. Um, had like Cara and I not had the connection. Yeah. Right. At the time. And, and connections are inevitable. Like you, you're not like trying to have it. You either have it or you don't. Right. And then also like 
after that, like she thought it was going to be a one and done situation. Like do this, have your fix of like competing and then don't do it anymore. Mm. Like let's start a family and all this stuff. And then once I got a taste of competing, I was like, fuck, I was like, what were you doing in between your soccer career ending and then getting big brother? Were you coaching soccer? So I actually worked at indeed.com. Oh, cool. And I was a salesperson there. Yep. Crushed it. Mm -hmm. And then just out of nowhere, I was teaching Krav Maga Mm -hmm. after work, uh, doing fitness before work. Mm -hmm. So it got to a point where I was Krav Maga. It's a Israeli special forces martial art. Cool. So I was like, I don't know, but it makes me hungry. It sounds you should like totally <laughs> take it. Okay, cool. It's funny. We, we have very similar stories because, oh yeah, I was in tennis. I got hit by a car actually in my senior year, Oof. but I, I did recover. I just didn't have the best like ending to it. And that was where you decide if you want to go pro or not. And I kind of was mm-hmm. burnt, but, um, I went to sales right after too. Cause it gives right. you that high. I remember in the interview, they were like, so you're going to get rejected most of your calls. Um, cause you're doing cold calling. And I was yep. like, yeah, in a match, I win six, four, six, four. I lost 40% of the points. Right. And, and that's something that I love about athletes is we quantify things. And in, in that sense of yeah. winning and losing and how to overcome more so the adversity over the success because like you know you're only taught when you succeed you're only taught to forget about it so that you can continue to succeed but Mm -hmm. when you fail you're taught all these lessons and then you're able to qualify like look a baseball player successful hitting the ball you know a third of the time Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like that's a crazy concept to think about and I love that perspective and I I really want to have you on too because you're you are messy like you're not this like clean cut I knew that you coming in would be open and like I'm very hard on myself. Like when I make mistakes, I'm still so hard on myself. But even yeah. hearing you just say like, yeah, I say the wrong things all the time and it yep. pisses people off or I get upset at myself. Why did I do that? And it's right. like, no, you did it because now it's an opportunity to learn from it and you might do it again. But right. It's like, this is your journey. I might like, I'm, I'm a human and I'm not the only person that's ever been messy. I, you know, I just happen to I don't know, evoke some type of emotion out of people where they either love me or they hate me. You're a catalyst for and, sure. And, they, and it's, um, you know, I'll never be the person that's like, I'm an angel. Mm-hmm. I'm not an angel. Mm-hmm. I, f- I fuck up all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is people will um, put the fuck ups under this huge microscope mm-hmm. and act as if people can't change over time. And, yeah. then, and then you could do so many good things over so many years but then another fuck up might happen and people are only going to Well, the entertainment industry go. wants to, as a public figure, they want to label you. Paulie the bad boy or like Paulie the cheater. Right. And I think that, um, especially in reality TV, the best people on reality TV are people who make mistakes because you get to watch them recover from it because we all make mistakes. Yeah. I remember once in reality TV they were casting and I asked like why they didn't cast one of my friends. And they go, oh, they're not going to make any mistakes and we want mistakes. And, and I was like, wait, so you mean I'm going to make mistakes? And they're like, you're human. And like, and the point of me doing, trying to do well in reality TV isn't trying to not make mistakes. It's just embracing, owning your shit. And then America watches you try to like grow from it. Right. Isn't that what life is? That's, that's how it, how it should be. That is what life is. That is what you're taught in life. It's what you're taught in athletics. However, we've entered a time period of, Mm -hmm. of cancel culture and call out culture. And, uh, it has really um, it's put pressure on people who, who essentially you're in control of everything, mm-hmm. right? It puts pressure on people to be more successful, um, faster than they should be. Mm-hmm. And it makes people doubt whether they're on the right path. And it also, you know, can essentially ruin somebody's life for mm-hmm. something that's really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I know, and you know, as an athlete, you, you didn't become a good tennis player in one year, mm-hmm. two years, three years, it took 10, mm-hmm. 15, and then mm-hmm. you got there. Right. So everybody expects this giant thing of success. I mean, I, you know, I've only done three seasons. I get compared to all the great players, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I call myself the best. Cause when I'm there, nobody competes better or harder than me. Mm-hmm. I lay it all online and I'll, I'll die before I lose. We're talking I, about, about the challenge. Yeah. By the way. And if I, if I lose, I am humbled by loss. If I lose, it's cause I'm and dead. I'm, That's and the I'm only humbled, way I'm going to lose. <laughs> and I'm humbled by yeah. success. But you know, people are like, you'll never be this person. You'll never be that person. I'm like these people been on 20 seasons. Yeah. 20. 
You know what I mean? Burner Phone is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate. Then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Do you have a big fear of losing? No fear. Um, Because some really successful people are driven by the anxiety and fear of losing. Like they hate losing more than they enjoy winning. Which isn't like a happy perspective per se. I'm more driven by the thrill of success, Mm -hmm. right? I'm motivated by failure. I'm motivated by the naysayers and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. I am driven by success. Mm -hmm. So I've accepted all the fears of failure in order to try and climb the ladder of success. So back to this love triangle you're in danielle (laughs) finds out Mm -hmm. you you told her where does it go from there that's where everything gets uh very blurry because it's like i was talking to cara Mm -hmm. at the time i was talking to danielle at the time and did cara want a long-term thing at i don't know what she was feeling inside yeah over that entire summer they're both also so awesome cool strong gorgeous women they're fucking i don't know how they're fighting over you they're so dope i don't know either i was (laughs) i was like i was sitting there i was like no shot i was like i was like you guys are awesome like what the fuck they should just start fucking each other and leave you out i was open to that i was like i was like i was like guys do we have to pick one or the other like can we can we make this happen that could have been the best possible scenario oh (laughs) <laughs> it would have been, yeah, it would have been great, you know, like, I, I don't know. He can't, he has no words. He's so turned on by that thought. Yeah, don't, don't, don't bring me there. <laughs> but it's like, it was tough because. She was hurt. She, she lost was her hurt. Trust. She was crushed. Um, Did she post on Instagram about it? No, she didn't at the time. Yeah. Um, she ended up posting like six months later. Yeah. About the whole situation. Because it was a very fucked up situation. I take accountability for were you not. angry that she posted it to the public or you feel like that's the lives you're living uh i think that's the lives that we're living i mean it's crazy because when you start these relationships they you know everybody will say like don't worry anything that happens stays between us but it never stays between us i've i've literally never no matter what relationship i've been in on tv off tv never mm-hmm. gone to the public never blasted it mm-hmm. i'm a very private person mm-hmm. in that regard mm-hmm. where it's like Someone can screw me over to the max in a relationship, and I'll just be like, great person, Mm -hmm. love them, enjoyed my time with them. Like, Mm -hmm. we just parted ways. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit there and be like, 10 dudes, I walked in on a (laughs) gangbang. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and their names were Jason and Steven. Yeah. (laughs) These are social security numbers. Like, for some reason, I don't know what it is. I never want sympathy. Yeah. Right? I, I, I would rather take the lumps, move on, and and go from there and have people have people be motivated by my strength yeah. than by my weakness. And yeah. I have my weak moments. I mean, I have cried on TV. Yeah. I've cried. I so cried. I. I cried when, um, when the whole, when it all resurfaced and then Cara and I had split, mm-hmm. you know, because her and I had built that connection even more. So yeah. over the summer it was blurry because one side is getting in my head being like, car's not real. It's not real. This is for TV. This is fake. This yeah. is, she's using you. She's using you for this. She's using you for that. And then I'm, you know, I'm looking at Car being like, I want to be free. I don't want anything serious. You've just got a great dick. That's all I'm in this for. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and then I got, but I have my feelings that I knew were going towards Car. but then I had my brain being like, well, Danielle's a, like on paper looks like the best choice that yeah. I should go back to and take my lumps and make my mistakes and do They're all that. They're also such different types of women. So different. Like, do you have a type? <laughs> I don't have a type. I, do, I really don't. And like that's thing, I go based off a of connection, like, yeah. like almost like spiritual mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, what are their signs? Huh? What are their signs? So uh, Danielle is, I believe, a Libra or Virgo. Uh-huh. Cara is a Taurus. Uh-huh. Yeah. So complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, that, that means nothing to mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all I know is that... Uh, <laughs> All I know is that you have a nose ring. <laughs> exactly. And and I and all I know is I've got five rings on my body right now and and none of which have to do with a dick. A dick. Ring. Unless I have a dick ring also. But 
it was just it was a tough situation. I handled it wrong. I should have communicated better, like rather than just relying on the hints. Mm -hmm. um, it was weak on my part to just kind of be like, well, I'm going to go away and film this next season, uh, which I still had my reserves about mm -hmm. because I was like, all right, you know, she's still talking, you know, Car's still talking to her ex and everything. So I thought it was just kind of uh, like so up in the air. So complicated, so much baggage. And then we around. go away and then. So you're still with Danielle at this point. No, 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 no. Oh, we're not. Up. We're like, nobody was together at this mm -hmm. point. Um, you know, but I still loved Danielle. Like mm -hmm. I still had that connection. Were you talking? With her. Like we were talking. One, like 100% and I should have been more like hey we're talking I, I do love you still but in terms of like the relationship and the connection it's it's gone and I'm going to keep going back and doing these shows and I don't know what's going to happen on this next season mm -hmm. um, instead what I went away on the next season was like I'm coming on the fucking challenge I've been lifting <laughs> she never she never would go on the challenge she hates MTV Why? hates it I mean like she just looks at it as trash television she's which, on the bachelor but it's uh it's like abc is a little bit more family friendly than mtv yeah you're right you but know. i also you got to respect the challenge you got to respect gotta the challenge respect. what is the scariest thing that you ever did on the challenge i got buried alive i'm like underground uh, underground i'm like crazy claustrophobic <gasps> and got buried alive and, and they knew you were like, claustrophobic Yes. The producers were like, mm, this is perfect. They were like, first challenge out the gate, bury him alive. <laughs> and I was like, they're like, hey, Paulie, uh, there's a uh, whistle, whistle in the uh, coffin in case you want to quit. So I like, I took the whistle and I like, before they closed the casket, I like put it outside of the casket underground yeah. so that I had like, even if I wanted to. These, this Go. is what, what I love about reality TV is the mental boundaries that it pushes. Yeah. Like, that is 100% mental. I'm no longer claustrophobic. It's crazy. Wow. Okay, so if happens. you're claustrophobic, sitting at home, find a coffin, find some crazy producers, get a camera, put yourself underground. Bury yourself alive bury for yourself 25 alive. minutes to so half an hour. 25 years, who cares? And, uh, Whatever you need to get through and it. And you'll be good. You'll be good. Elevators <laughs> will be easy. <laughs> Airplanes, no problem. No problem. Airplane bathrooms, fucking them. Yeah, who cares? Fucking them. <laughs> so... You get on the second season of the challenge I mean, that you're on, and Car is there. Car is there. Uh, that's where our relationship like really formed, and we said to each other, "We're like, hey, like, let's stop fucking around and let's just make it official. Like, you know, I don't want to hook up with other people. You don't want to hook up with other people. Let's let's do it. We ride How old out are you, that by whole the season. Now I'm 31. Uh huh. Okay. And uh, we ride out that whole season. And uh, afterwards, riding each other, riding each other, like lots of it, like you know. I'm, Where do you have sex in those? It, there, I mean, in the bathroom everywhere. I I don't care who sees it. The so cameras I'm just are out. Like, yeah, the cameras are out. But if you're under covers, they can film it. If you're over the covers, they can't film it because you're nude. Oh. Um, so would you do it over the covers? Well, yeah, and in the living room, up in the pool room, like everywhere. Like, Does everyone see each other naked and fucking? Um, no, some people try to be a little bit more discreet about it. I'm just, <laughs> call me sick in the head. It's a mental strategy to literally fuck with people's heads also. Oh my God. You're like, see how I'm <laughs> fucking car. That's how I'm going to fuck you tomorrow when we're di digging holes and well, burying yeah. each other. Actually, I was, I was a dickhead cause her, 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 her ex, ex was, was on there. the show. So Who's after, ex? after I would get done like really hard session, I'd walk in and I'd be like, did you hear like what it's like to make a girl come? Like, I don't know if you know what it's like, or if you've ever heard an orgasm like that, but that is like fucking wild, <laughs> Who's bro. Who's uh, He's this guy, Kyle. I was, he's actually, uh, you know. <laughs> he's pretty chill, dude. No, like <laughs> I, on, the, on the season that's filming now, like we, yeah. we had no issues. Yeah. Um, it's water under the bridge at this point, but yeah. I mean, I, like I, looking back on it, I was a fucking asshole. Why? That whole season. Why? Why do you have such a chip on your shoulder? Honestly, I mean... This goes back to like fucking childhood. I mean, I, uh, some shit happened to me like in my younger years, you know, I've never talked about it. I'm not going to talk about it here, but then essentially like when I got to high school, I was, um, I was an athlete, right. And a lot of the older guys, like they didn't like that. I was an athlete. I had long blonde hair, you know, some of the older girls, they thought I was like cute in the sense of like, Oh, look at this innocent little boy with long blonde hair. 
Um, you know, so they would always try and jump me outside of school, in school, like, because they thought I was gay. Um, Why'd you grow your hair long? I just always had long hair. I was a soccer player. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't have short hair until I got to college. It's very um, European. Yeah. Like that's, I, I grew up watching soccer. So I was like, oh, I want my hair like Francesco Totti. I want yeah. my hair like, you know. So you were bullied because you like looked kind of different. I, yeah, I was bullied because I looked different and then coming from an Italian family, like I'm walking in with like fucking velour, a velour jumpsuit on. Mm -hmm. This you know, is so, New Jersey. Yeah, so. this is Jersey. I got my gold chains out mm -hmm. and people are just like, who's this fucking kid? And you had an attitude. I mean, were you shy? I, 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 I was very introverted. Oh, wow. Right. Like I always knew how to defend myself. I was a very good wrestler, very good at like everything else. Um, very introverted. I didn't learn to be extroverted until I started emceeing when I was 16, which was more like putting a mask on my face because I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, this is just Who's a this character. This is a large group of people. They don't know me. I'm just going. What out were you there. emceeing? I was emceeing everything like bar and bat mitzvahs, sweet 16s, weddings, corporate events. So I'm 16 years old doing all this stuff. So you're kicking balls during the day, yelling at people at night. What? Oh, did you like like the sound of your voice? You thought you were like you were good at like ad libbing. What made you want to MC? Honestly, I, I or nothing. just good money. Like my friend, my friend was DJing, and oh. it was the only job I could have because it was on the weekends. Because I spent all week school training, yep. all that stuff, and um, and it was the weekend job. So my father was like, "Do it," because like I, you ain't partying on the weekend. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, "All right, cool." Were so, your parents tough? Very strict mm -hmm. uh, growing up, and I, and I respect the hell out of them for mm -hmm. being strict. I mean, because, you know, if you look at my brother and sister, like, they're fucking, they're golden mm -hmm. children. Like, they're, they, could, they do no wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I was always the rebellious one, yeah. and, you know, I mean, they, they needed to be extra hard on me because I was fucking wild. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think it came from, like, all that stuff of, like, when I was getting bullied and all this stuff, like I never looked at it like, oh, why am I getting bullied? I always looked at it as I'm going to fight back. I don't mm -hmm. care if there's 10 of them. I don't mm -hmm. care how many of them there are. Mm -hmm. Like they're not going to affect me. And the only thing I can do to be better than them is to be more successful at the things that I want to focus on, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, finding them when they weren't in their group uh, at their houses one by one <laughs> outside of school. Um, being like, oh, you guys are tough in a group. Where are you at now? But, uh, um, you know, that mixed with like all the injuries that I got through sports, uh, it, that's where the chip on the shoulder comes from. Yeah. It's, uh, when you're, when you reach your dreams and then they get ripped away from you because of injuries, um, it creates this chip of wanting to be successful. Right. And then yeah. fast forward to me entering the challenge house. I was not welcomed by any of the guys there. All the girls welcomed me right away. Mm -hmm. It was friendly. It was all this stuff. None of the guys welcomed me there. They all basically made fun of me the whole time and all this stuff. It gave me flashbacks to what did they make fun of you high about? school? Uh, they made fun of me for um, walking around in my underwear, um, you which know. is actually a baller move. But continue right, like ball, like when I would do eliminations, I did it in my compression shorts. Mm -hmm. You know, basically dick out all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, it was, it was just like one of those clicky, like yeah. too cool for school kids where it's like, you know, and I you're try not one to suck up to someone to like, make yeah, them like you. I don't suck up to people to make them like me. So I was just kind of like, well, you guys don't want me to be party group. I don't really give a fuck. I'm going to do what I got to do. Right. And then after every season, it's like, they all stuck together and they all were like, well, this season we're going to fucking get you. And then I'd be like, all right, well. Here's the next you season. You make me want to watch Let the me fucking go so after you. Right now. You know, and then the season after that, it's like, well, now this is the season we're going to get you. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go after you guys again. And it's like, they still haven't been able to. Were you ever to afraid of being like the villain? No. I remember sitting down with the producers first season and they were like, we don't really have like a villain or somebody that likes to be the villain. Mm -hmm. Are you cool with that? And I was like, Psh. I was like, honestly, this is a competition show. I'm here for the money. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. I mm -hmm. was like, I am whatever people are going to interpret me as. Yeah. This is a show. Um, whether I'm edited to be loved or hated or controversial, I don't care. Yeah. I'm here to be myself. I'm here to win. I'm also, here to like, no matter what artistic shit they do with editing, unless you're a certain way the whole fucking time, people will see your true color show. And yeah. I even, I've had people say to me, like, you know, like, you might come off looking like this. You might come off looking like this. You might want to change this or you'll look like that. And I go, you know what? I'm being true to myself. If it looks a certain way, fuck it. I don't care. Because you'll drive yourself crazy if you, you try to you will. look a certain like way. Like my castmates drive themselves crazy because they try and think of storylines before the show even goes there. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, it's a competition show. Is it looked down upon to come up with storylines? 
No, like, I mean, for me, like, I, like coming up with a storyline, I understand, like, but a storyline's eventually, it's But it's also, happen. it's not going to keep you on the show. No, it's not. You have not. to win, Like, right? you have to, you have to last, or you have to be a character, you mm-hmm. have to have, like, good interviews, mm-hmm. good confessionals. Mm-hmm. You got to check off all the boxes. Like, are you a competitor? Do you bring drama? Do you fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you good in your interviews? Do people take to you? Whether it's good or bad, do people take to you? Yeah. Or are you just kind of like the people where it's like, eh. Because there's, in every villain also, there's people that will take their side or at least like be rooting and like enjoy it. Yeah. And everyone understands like being pissed at someone or there's someone to connect with at every single level as long as you're being authentic, I feel like. 100%. Like, I mean, I always, I always take any sort of online hate with a grain of salt because I look at it uh, from a legit you know a a number standpoint Mm -hmm. like it's 10 percent of the people are the very vocal nasty people Mm -hmm. right 90 percent of the people are gonna even less be like yeah even Even five percent so i mean it's like i said i get a lot of love it's like a a yelp review how many times do you eat at a restaurant you think it's great and you leave a yelp Yelp review. i've never how many times do you go to a restaurant and there's glass in your spaghetti and you're like i should probably leave i mean i don't leave yelp reviews but that's what you'd leave a yelp review probably exactly um so you and cara are like were you ever known as like official or what was like did you ever start dating yeah yeah exactly like when we came off of uh the next season war of the worlds one we Mm -hmm. were official and that's when all that other stuff came out from like over the summer where it was like that whole in between like i was you know the mistakes i had made like all of a sudden came out they came out like six months later with like are you with danielle like with with the danielle and car thing so it's like imagine Mm -hmm. Uh, being in that in-between phase and then you get serious with somebody and then all the shit that comes out from the in-between phase comes to light. When it aired? Like, no, not when it aired. Like, this, like, none of this aired. Like, this was all brought to light, like, by Danielle and Cara, essentially. You know, I tried to, I tried to talk to Cara and be like, hey, like, this is, uh, you know, like, this is all She didn't know you were with Danielle No, like, she knew, Mm -hmm. like, what was going on. I'm like, look, this is, like you're going based off of emotion that we're feeling right now. Cause like we fell for each other and just spent three months competing, mm-hmm. being serious. And I'm like, just, I was like, let's just find a way to all talk about this privately. Like all of us. I was like, cause I still want to be with you and I want to move forward with this. This is after the second time you filmed. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't happen. Like a lot of people got in her ear, like a lot of the castmates who don't like me mm-hmm. got in her ear kind of like, you know, we're using it as a tool to get me banned, mm-hmm. um, and make a big deal about it, a public spectacle of like ruining my character. Cause after, uh, final reckoning, I was not viewed as a mm-hmm. bad yeah. character. I wasn't viewed as a villain. I was edited in a very likable way. Mm-hmm. Right. What was Kara ultimately mad at you about? Uh, she was ultimately mad at me for like not coming clean about it. About being with Danielle? Like about what was actually going on over the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, my, my, my argument at the time was like, Hey, I like, we didn't owe each other any of that. And she knew you were with Danielle. I mean, she knew we were talking. She didn't know that like we were like doing whatever, like once mm-hmm. it got to a certain point, like I stopped sleeping with Danielle and I was like, you know what, whatever happens, happens. Right. Mm-hmm. But cause when was, you, when you left the challenge, you were still hooking up with Danielle and Cara. Yes. Okay. So that's the gray moment. Exactly. Like that and was, were you trying to figure out which one you wanted to be with or were you kind of just living life? I was living life. I, I was hoping that Cara wanted to be more serious. Mm-hmm. And then I was, caught in the moment of like, you know, yeah, I do. And eventually like I had to cut it off with Danielle. Cause it's like, I felt bad, like in that sense, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I, I didn't know anything about what Cara was doing, what she had plans. And for this was all happening in LA. Uh, no, this was like all over the place. Yeah. Like how the fuck do you, this is, I won't even like date a guy if he lives in Brooklyn. How right. the fuck are you dating two women all over the globe? <laughs> I don't know. I, but hindsight, gentlemen, don't fucking, don't do it, okay? Don't do it, and don't do it with two, two public figures, because you are going to get crucified. Um, so I wanted to talk, you said, like, you, you, what have you learned about PR from dealing with this? Because with reality TV, I always say they give you the show, and then it's your job to make a career out of it. I, mm-hmm. like, wanted to start a podcast for people who, like, I felt connected with me doing stand-up comedy so people can, you know, see that side of me. You're in the fucking news all the time. Mm-hmm. What, what advice would you give to people for like staying relevant, give, staying, keeping that buzz? 
honestly, you, you just, once again, it goes back to being authentic, yeah. right? If you're trying to think about what's going to get people's reactions, um, it's going to fall. Like nobody can be that brilliant mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. there might be some people who who have like things in the holster like oh i'll release a sex tape here oh i'll break up at this time i'll find a new girlfriend here yeah not everyone's like, chris jenner yeah like if you're if you're being authentic i know making certain statements are going to get a reaction out of the uh, out of both sides mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that's fine for me because like I want to capture the whole audience. Mm-hmm. And if I have the whole audience, I can either... You're saying negative and positive attention. Negative and positive both. attention are both what you need. And there's not really a, a formula, but if you know what people are saying bad about you, you know mm-hmm. what people are saying good about you, you can mm-hmm. have a in-between statement to constantly make um, in order to get people to just... What are you most insecure about? Mm. What am I most Whether it's insecure? physical or emotional um i'm probably the most insecure about like opening up about like who i actually am Mm -hmm. who i am like deeply Mm -hmm. on certain levels because every time i have i've gotten like completely fucked over or blasted by it right Mm. so i'm because you that's a thin line between you being your authentic self versus you giving it all yes you know what i mean i can't give it all because like i've opened up about like some like dark things and people have taken it and like Mm -hmm. like crucified me for it and Mm -hmm. it's like i'm like at a point where i'm like well maybe people don't need to know like certain things Mm -hmm. you know what i mean well i think that's with reality tv is like you're throwing your life out there but then you also need to know what you keep close to home. And also when you start dating someone, making them feel safe as in like, mm-hmm. I'm starting to date dudes and they'll just be like, yeah, you're just going to put me on blast in your podcast. And I'm just like, I mean, some people I will, but you when, be confident. if I'm making fun of you, hell yeah, I will. Or like, if I think we have a great story, I will. But trust me that like, I respect what we have and I'm not going to do anything right. to tarnish it. If anything, it's just, you know, it's my career. Look, and I'm, stand-up comedians make a living off of slamming their family and spouses you know what i mean so yeah like you got to get it and that's where i go back to like you got to find somebody that gets you like even when we were talking about the open relationship whatever like do i think i'll have one when i get married i don't know i i I gotta know when i'm there but i will know this that like the person i'm dating is going to have the utmost respect for me and i'm going to support whatever they're doing i appreciate you opening up about some messy stuff in your relationships i want to wrap this up to know a little more about you Um, We're going to end with the seven deadly sins. Seven deadly sins. Oh, goodness. What are you greedy about? Success and money. How do you define success? Um, I, I define success as outdoing yourself every day. Mm. So pushing yourself. Yes. So every day when I wake up, when the day's over, I, I say to myself, was I better uh, than yesterday? Um, if the answer is yes, I said I'm being successful. I think it's also important, you know better than anyone what you're capable of, so don't listen too much of what people think are their expectations of you. Because right. I feel like my own expectations are so much bigger than what so anyone could think of. Real quick, what, um, what's kind of your mini plan for the future? Um, I can't talk about the businesses that I started uh-huh. only because the nature of but castmates. But you're starting businesses. I've already started them. They've been running for like four months now. Cool. Um, they, I've, I've turned them into very successful things in a very short amount of time. And I will talk about that mm-hmm. once I come out about having these, uh, these businesses. My castmates, they love to tear down every single thing mm-hmm. that I do. So mm-hmm. I've been playing it close to the chest. Um, and when I do release it, it'll be at a point where it's too big to fail. Yeah. Don't care what they say about it. Do you it, think these castmates in like 20 years, you see them, you're all like have families or whatever. You guys can laugh about all this or some of them might be like not cool for life. I, I, you know, I try to keep keep my circle small. Yeah. So it's not like you don't care to be. I could care less. I, I could care less about being friends with them. Who are you envious of? Um, Besides me. Well, shit. <laughs> Obviously, you. Um, envy. Envy's a strong one. I mean, I, my father basically like conditioned envy out of me. Envy and jealousy was like his main. How did he do that? Focus. Uh, he just 
like he's just such a wise man. Mm-hmm. Like him and my mother were just on me nonstop because they knew I had tendencies cho- towards envy and jealousy. Mm-hmm. Those are two. Because you're very competitive. Well, that plus like Scorpio's downfalls are jealousy and envy, right? So my father was also Scorpio and my mother knew how to handle him as well. So they were just like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only, the only thing I could be envious about is, is not ha- like, not to be cheesy, but like looking back five years ago mm-hmm. and being like, man, I fucking, I should have listened to like what my, what, what people were telling me to go and do. what did they tell you to do? They, my, you know, my father was like, look, y- you never should be working for someone. You should be doing your own thing. Like you need to do this. You mm-hmm. know, the, like some, some of my closest friends, like even Sean T, like as recent as like three years ago was like, you need to move out of Jersey right? You need to move out of New York. You need to get away from that area. And I was like holding on, holding on, holding on. And then I, once I finally let go, everything that everybody said was going to happen has happened. And now it's on track to continue happening. I feel the same it's way. It's wild. It's really wild. Once you're like in alignment, I say it's like surfing. Once you hit the, the right wave, it's effortless Gone. and shit just starts happening. And it doesn't feel as like hard to grab it. Cause you're like, Oh, this is what's meant to happen for me. Exactly. Um, what are you gluttonous about? Because I know you're a pretty, you know, regimented dude. You wake up early. You've already... Regimented for sure. Yeah. What are you gluttonous about? Like, what do you like... Actually, I kind of know what you are gluttonous about. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely going to say sex. And I was also <laughs> going to say sex. But uh, desserts. Ooh, what kind and of desserts? Every kind of dessert. I, I stay away from dessert. Like, there's no dessert in my house. I don't ask for the dessert menu because I will cave. You can't control yourself. I will cave you, every single time. Do you do whipped cream in the bedroom? No, 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 no. Because that's just whipped cream. Like that's an amateur move. Here's the thing about whipped cream in the bedroom that like people fucking think are like, ooh, whipped cream in the bedroom. Your saliva starts to smell so awful when (gasps) you're licking whipped cream off of somebody. Really? Yes. It's so. It's not. It's not what everybody cracks it up to be. Interesting. So yeah, like yeah, like the whipped cream bikini from like Varsity Blues was an amazing thing, and I'm sure whipped cream is used in every single uh, dessert place porno that exists. (laughs) But in real life, it you know it makes things start to smell bad. Okay, okay, good to know. Also, you might get a UTI. Who knows? You get UTI from anything these days. Um, When was the last time you experienced extreme wrath, like anger? Like me getting angry? Yeah. What was last thing that really pissed you off? I can't really talk about it. Um, I will talk about it in the future, mm-hmm. but uh, powers at bay can't do it. But mm-hmm. it happened in uh, October. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened uh, while I was in London, mm-hmm. uh, and I can't so and I can't go into it. You just like heard enough British accents that you kick someone in the face. Yeah, I was like, you know what, mate? <laughs> I'm finally going to tell you to fuck off. Yeah. Not bad. It was decent. Um, when was the last time you were a sloth? When was the last time you were a lazy piece of shit? When was the last time you like slept in and just let yourself do nothing? Uh, the last time I was a sloth was recently. It was mm-hmm. after it was after all that stuff had come out after War of the Worlds one. I was so devastated um, emotionally and mentally uh, for probably the first time in my life since athletics ended for me. And, um, I did not want to move. Mm. I did nothing. All the things that I had started four months ago, I had planned to start them then. Mm. And this is like January, 2019. Right. And I, I dropped the ball for three months straight before I left to film or four or five months. But sometimes like you have to get your head together before you like (laughs) conquer something like that. No doubt. And you weren't mentally like recovered from some shit. Exactly. Um, when was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something? You know what? I'm actually going to say the, the pride I, it, it goes with the wrath. Mm -hmm. If I didn't let my pride get in the way, my wrath would have never took over. Um, so, you know, they always say like pride and ego come right before the fall. And that's very wise. of you. I learned, I learned that right there. Um, final question. When was the last time you lusted over someone? Last time I lusted over someone? Uh, second you walk through those doors in your (laughs) jeans. Jesus. 
You have been squatting, Hannah, all right? That is not a tennis-only ass, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. You know the way to my heart. Just compliment my booty. Oh, God damn it. Now, I wanted to hate you because of all those terrible stories you told, but now I like you. <laughs> um, to wrap this up, what advice, I think as like a soccer coach, as someone who's put their life out there, you have a lot of crazy experiences. What advice would you give to people on how to cope with their hell? Um, I would say that you have two choices, right? Everyone's going to have demons, Mm -hmm. right? You can either fight your demons or you can learn to dance with your demons. Mm. And I've chose to dance with my demons. So I've used my demons to my benefit in the sense where they no longer control me or they no longer win the battles because it's no longer a battle. There can only be a fight if two people are going at each other. But if you're dancing, that's more cohesive. So I've learned how to turn my demons that I battled and turn my demons that were pulling me down into demons that danced with me and demons that helped drive me. Wow. Paulie Calafiore, you are amazing. Where can people follow you? Uh, You guys can find me Twitter, Instagram at Paul Calafiore underscore. So just Paul and then not Polly. Yeah, not Polly. And then an underscore at the end. Underscore at the end. Wow, you're making this very difficult for me. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Oh my God, is this our first fight? Yeah. (laughs) I hate your handle and it's not going to work. Also, you guys, um, if you like any of these conversations, leave a subscribe, rate, review, screenshot. Look out for Paulie. He's going to have some businesses coming up in the future. And I love this kid. I'm so happy he came on. And And I love you. And congratulations to all your success. I mean, when you popped up on Summer House, I was like, that's my friend. I know her. She's awesome. And I've always thought you're awesome. And no matter what, an edit will ever show of you. I know the real you and I know that you're an amazing person. So I appreciate I that so much. Yeah, we just fist pumped. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> that's not even fist, we just pounded. I'm sorry, I'm old. Each other. I'm 20. We just, we're pounding each other right now <laughs> as I speak. Thank you for coming to Hell, guys, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>